MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today and bet $100 and get $100 at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. State restrictions do apply. We're also brought to you by the SGPN Big Game Bingo. $57 SGPN gift cards for every single bingo hit. And we're brought to you by the SGPN 57 Bets Challenge. $570 cash and a $570 gift card to the winner of the props contest. Get all the contest info exclusively on the SGPN app. And if you're going out to Arizona for the big game, make sure to check out our live show at the Ainsworth Thursday at 11 a.m. Register today at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash big game. Hi, Gil DeGenerinos, and welcome to the MMA Gambling Podcast of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, episode 292. Uh, this is up to Sadio Romanov. Um, just got released by the UFC, so I won't be able to say probably say his name for perhaps ever again. So, said Yokob Kokromanov. I wanted to say that name at least one one last time. Uh, thanks for coming to the show. I would be Jeff Chalks Fox when your host. This is our big UFC main card preview episode. We're also going to give you some fancy parlays and props and dogs and locks and all that fun stuff as well. Um, and I think this is the podcast where I rhyme because I think I rhymed again. Last last episode I was rhyming a bunch too. So uh, interesting. Um, as I said, this is UFC 284. We got a big super fight at the top of the card. Um, and I'm going to tell you in advance, I got a bunch of dogs coming up. So get ready. Um, you may call me chalks, but I'm, I'm swinging for the fences this week. Let's bring in the man who's always in on the dogs. It's one and only Gumby Vreeland. Hello. I'm usually in on the dogs. I got a weird feeling we're on different ones here, though. I've oh, got the, wouldn't that be interesting? Yeah, I, I've got that feeling. But uh, we were on the same page in the prelims, which, by the way, if you have not yet listened to that, go back and listen to episode 291, where we break down all, what was it, eight? Eight of the prelims yes. for you guys. Yeah, and we were on the same page except for one fight where Gumby took a big swing at, at the dogs. Maybe we should hype something else up. Two more things, Gumby, that, that you set up for us. You want to tell the people? Oh. Oh, yes, always. So uh, make sure uh, to check out our props contest. You can check that out. Um, I'm dropping the link daily in the Discord. So if you're not in our Discord, sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Discord, you'll see the link pop up in there where if you give us some prop picks, uh, you could win some sweet SGPN gift cards and all the rules are inside that link. You can also find it on our Twitter. It'll pop up there. Um, probably the day you're listening to this, um, and it might even pop up more. So check that out. And you should also, uh, compete with your picks against mine and Jeff's over on verdict. We have one of the few verdict leagues that are certified. We get the little blue check mark next to it. Very elite. Um, so you can check us out in the official league section. We got like 92 members last I saw in there. So come join us and see if you can beat our picks this week. There you go. All right, um, we have the, as I said, the pay-per-view portion of this 
week's pay-per-view. They're finally back in Australia, and we have a super fight. When's the last time we had a champ versus champ? Oh, I guess it was Israel Adesanya versus Jan Blachowicz, right? Yeah, neither of which are champ anymore. <laughs> no, it's true. Yeah. Uh, so how super was that fight? Or maybe it broke both from who knows. Yeah, super fights used to be a big thing back. Well, I guess it was a big thing when we had GSP and BJ Penn fighting, but it, it's it's still a rarity, uh, even more of a rarity nowadays. But we got one um, that probably isn't being spoken of enough, but we we shall speak plenty about it uh coming up i'm going to tell you about win bet before we dive all into this because they are the reason you can blame them for us being in your ear holes for days a week when because WinBet is the official online sportsbook of the sports gambling podcast network WinBet is active in a bunch of states and there are tons of ways to win including live betting and same game parlays aka WinBet's build your own bet and the big game is here and WinBet has you covered great promos odds and payouts are happening right now at WinBet. Ready to play? Sign up today to receive a special offer. Bet $100, get $100, limited to state availability. And of course, if you hit the biggest long shot parlay of the week, you get $1,000 free credit. So much to choose from, and all you have to do is head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet so they know we sent you. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. Offer subject to change. Terms and conditions at winbet.com must be 21 or older and present in the state where playthrough winbet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700 plus... Don't miss out on this SGP live show in Phoenix for the big game. If you're going to be out in Arizona for the big game, make sure to check out SGP's live show at the Ainsworth Thursday at 11 a.m. Register today at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash big game. The show is free and you'll be able to watch the show and have some drinks with the guys. So sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash big game. I'm assuming it must be the Suns. That I joked about it earlier, but now they're talking about Arizona. So obviously it's the Suns game this week and they must be, I'm not sure who they're playing, but now they're back and healthy. I'm assuming that's the big game, right? Yeah. It's always a Phoenix Suns game. That's always what people are most excited for. (laughs) (laughs) Except right now we're most excited about UFC 284. That's Saturday. So we don't have to worry about it getting in the way of the big game. Um, We're going to start off with, sorry, this is 10 PM Eastern as per usual on pay-per-view, which means you have to, fork over some money if you want to watch this um depending on what part of the world you're in this is light heavyweights we're going to start off with jimmy crute versus alonzo menefield i will tell you about menefield first atomic alonzo menefield 13 and 3 10 knockouts two submissions he's been knocked out once six and three in the ufc he's won two straight fights and four or five both of his past two wins have come or actually yeah his last two fights have in, ended with him at knocking out or tko on his opponent he went two and zero in the contender series used to fight at heavyweight two inches of reach on crute He's been outstruck as UFC and contender series, series opponents by 0.67 strikes per minute. He's at plus 160. Jimmy the Brute Crute, 12 and 3, five knockouts, four submissions. He's been knocked out twice, submitted once. Uh, four and three in the USC. He's lost two straight fights, both via knockout. He's not fought since December 2021. He's not won since October of 2020. One no in the contender series, was a regional champ, two inches of height on Manifield, nine years younger. He's more active landing strikes and uh, he has better striking stats as well, as, as well as grappling stats. He's out, he outstrikes his UFC opponents by 1.57 strikes per minute, minus 195. All right, I made it a habit that I go first on here. Um, I, this is one of the dogs I'm in on that I don't think Gumby is. I, I don't. Oh, get, no. <laughs> yeah, I don't get the line here. I know he's a grappler, but uh, Menifee knocks people out and Crutes has been getting knocked out. Uh, he also hasn't fought for qu- quite a while. Um, so I'm going to take the knockout machine who has a bit of a reach advantage to utilize his striking and knock out Jimmy Crute. Dan's going to tell you why Crute is going to take down Menafield and submit him. 
Yeah, I have a tough time calling him a knockout artist with one like actual knockout in the last four years or three years. Um, because he he did knock out Misha Serkinov on a 255 fight losing streak that he was on. Um, so I'll That's give you that one. Um, but but then the only other knockout this knockout artist has in the last three years is a TKO crucifix finish over Azkar. Mosharov or whatever or whatever his name is and I do mean or whatever his name is so like he you're right he has two finishes one's of a guy on a massive losing streak the other guy faked his way into the UFC um oh yeah that's who that guy is yeah yeah he's the guy who faked so like this knockout artist really only has one knockout in the last three years and, and really only has I mean, if you want to dig another whole year and a half before that, maybe only has one more. Um, so, like, like I, I know that Alonzo Menafield has got power in his hands, and I'm not going to, like, detract from the power that he has in his hands, but I don't see him as this, like, crafty knockout guy, and it's mostly just because he doesn't, like, cut the angles or bring the pressure he needs to be a knockout artist. Like, I think he's got the power to be that guy at any point in time, but he just doesn't choose to be. So unless you walk into it and you're like drawing yourself into it, that doesn't really happen. And, and, you know, Jimmy crew has, like you said, he was knocked out one time in the UFC. Again, you, you're kind of crediting a, a fight that he was not actually knocked out as a knockout. Um, Cause he lost to Anthony Smith technically by TKO because he got leg kicked and he had a weird case of drop foot. And even with his weird case of drop foot, took down Anthony Smith three times. Um, and, and yeah, okay. That one goes down as a TKO loss, but if you don't count that one as a KO loss, he's only been knocked out by Jamal Hill who, yes, Jamal Hill has incredible power. I will give you that one. So I, I really think you're overestimating the, the knockout power versus uh weak chin argument here. Cause really at the end of the day, I, I think Jimmy crew, it just has, you know, highly underrated ground game. This is a guy who submitted Paul Craig um, which is, you know, just can't be understated how incredible he is on the ground. So I think you're going to see Jimmy Crew both wear out Alonzo Menafield and just use that that grappling to his advantage. Gonna be using facts again to to argue against me. Uh, anyhow, my kick uh, <laughs> stands. Facts or, or fake facts. Um, all right, there we go. We are different. So maybe we are going to differ on underdog picks. Um, next fight. Oh, these are chunky guys, Dan. This they're, is the, they're quite chunky. <laughs> maybe this is the best chunky matchup we've had in a very long time. Um, I think it might be the chunkiest. It could because, be because because Parker Porter, I love Parker Porter. By the way, you can catch him on one of the more recent episodes of the uh, Top Turtle MMA podcast. Um, I love Parker Porter, but his shape makes for the chunky because he's only like five ten, right? <laughs> yeah, and like him flexing too is strange because yeah, and he's got jujitsu on his uh, arm. I didn't realize that. Yeah, tattooed on his arm. Yeah, fantastic. He, he's low-key got incredible jujitsu. Wow. I'm going to talk about it in a Maybe second. We'll talk about it, yeah. yeah. All right. Um, I'm going to break it down for you first. Parker, Peter Parker Porter, as I like to call him. He's 12 and 7 with five knockouts, three submissions, but knocked out three times, submitted three times. He's three and two in the UFC. However, he's won three of his last four, including, oh, sorry, he lost via submission last fight, but that was against that uh, runaway train that's known as Jailton Almeida. Um, was a regional champion, used to fight at light heavyweight. 
he probably still could fight a light heavyweight. Uh, he's missed weight there, not surprisingly. 2007 was his pro professional MMA debut. He's got inch reach on Toffa. He's more active landing strikes. He's outstruck his UC opponents by 0.17 strikes per minute. He also has better grappling stats than Toffa, plus 105. Justin Badman Toffa, five and three with five knockouts. He's been knocked out once. Two and three in the UFC, one and two over his last three. He won his last way via knockout. That was back in December 2021. He Famously missed weight at heavyweight for that fight. The first man to do so in the UFC um, was a regional champion. He's eight years younger than Porter. He's been outstruck in the UFC by almost a strike a minute. Not good, especially at heavyweight. 0.92 strikes per minute is uh, minus 0.92 is his uh, strike differential. And he's at minus one, two, five. Do you know who the last person who Parker Porter fought at light heavyweight was? Uh, no. John Jones. <laughs> he, yeah we talked about that before i remember now <laughs> yeah that's funny yeah he, he fought john jones at light heavyweight in 2008 um it was set to be two five minute rounds in world championship fighting in the elpo shriners auditorium in wilmington massachusetts so uh yeah headlined by dan lozon um but yeah so he, he hasn't been a light heavyweight in a very long time um with that being said i'm i'm taking parker porter here uh, I think he's got a couple of different things working in his favor here. We, we've seen Justin Taffa when he's fighting a guy who fights smart and stays away from his big power punches actually have a pretty good chance of beating him, right? Like that's what Jared Vandera did. Um, that, that's what Carlos Felipe did. Like if you just stay away from his like crazy power punches, he, he almost like punches himself out and loses that fight. And in addition to there, I'm going to give you a little background on Parker Porter's jiu-jitsu tattoo. He is exceptionally good on the mat. He has finishes with Americanas, with Kimuras. The the best part of his ground game, when he gets you down, he, he gets to a lot of those, like, um, it, it's like a loose half guard position, and he works the far side arm, and he does an exceptional job of doing it. Um, And being as big as he is, he's really hard to get off of you. So, I actually think he would be really smart to take this fight to the ground. And it would totally not shock me to see Parker Porter pick up a submission here. He is my pick as well. Uh, nice. Porter. Yeah. Why? I, I This is one of those lines where, that I don't get, but I will gladly take it. Um, you know, I don't know why he's a dog. Justin Taffa has been out for a long time. He hasn't looked that great. He gets outstruck. Um, not that Porter is a powerful striker, but he's a better striker probably. And he's definitely a better grappler. So. Yeah, um, and, and speaking of that, too, I, I just want to throw it out to those out there because it's not going to make it into my Hungry Man Jong Parlay. So, you know, I apologize already for those hoping to hear me me give you the Parker Porter by submission uh, line. But I'm going to give it to you right now anyway. Plus 600 Parker Porter by submission. I'm not saying he gets it done that way, but I'm saying Parker Porter by submission. Not a terrible play. <laughs> we're just we're just saying it's uh, he's tiptoeing around uh giving out that pick but he doesn't want to give it up yeah <laughs> not the worst thing you could do with your money is what he's saying all right um if we haven't given you enough giveaways and free stuff here i'm going to give you a couple more here that were the great people or the, the great bosses here sean and kramer have set up uh we got big game bingo happening uh make sure you sign up for on the sgpn app and get your own a big game bingo card Full of all your favorite big game prop bets. If you get bingo, you'll win a $57 SGPN gift card. Only catches you must be subscribed to the Sports Gambling Podcast and the NFL Gambling Podcast on YouTube to win. I'm sure you already are, though. Subscribe to those if you're smart. Uh, we also have the SGPN 57 Bets Challenge. 
in honor of the big game, SGPN is hosting a prop bet contest. Make your picks for 57 different prop bets. Winner will get $570 cash and a $570 gift card to the SGPN store. All our contests are free to play and exclusively on the SGPN app. So obviously, if you haven't already downloaded that, what are you waiting for? All right, we're going to drop down to welterweights. Jack Della Maddalena versus Randy Brown. Um, tell you about Mr. Brown first. Rude boy, Randy Brown, 16 and four, six knockouts, five submissions. Been knocked out twice, submitted once, 10 and four in the UFC. He's won four straight fights and six of seven. He's not lost since August of 2020. Is a regional or was a regional champ. He's four inches taller than Della Maddalena, five inches reach on him. He's, he's outstruck his UFC opponents by 1.13 strikes per minute. His grappling stats are better than Della Maddalena's. He is at plus 265. Jack Della Maddalena, 13 and 2, 11 knockouts, one submission. He's been knocked out once, submitted once, but they were in his first two UFC, not UFC, first two MMA fights. He's won, he's got three and all in the UFC, all via TKO, one no in the contender series. As I mentioned, 13 straight wins. He's not lost since May of 2016, which was his second pro fight. Multiple regional championships on his mantle. Correct. Former middleweight, six years younger than Brown. Striking stats in his favor, and he's almost two times more active landing strikes than Brown is. He's outstruck his UFC and contender series opponents by 4.23 strikes per minute. That's a crazy high number. Minus 340. That's a crazy high number, too. Um, I'm, I'm taking it regardless. Jack Della, Madalena. He's our guy around these parts. Um, we're big fans of him. Uh, I This is his a big step. Well, not a nice step up in competition. Let's put it that way. Uh, in Randy a Brown. Proper, a proper yes, step up in competition. Proper. Yep. Uh, but I think he can clear this bar. No problem. Especially fighting at home. Uh, assuming that doesn't get in his head. So give me the younger, far more dangerous striker in Jack Della. Yeah. I, I'm going to go with Jack Della here too. Mostly because... For me, the big alarm here in the the Randy Brown side is just like how he looked against Chaos Williams, who like if if you look at what Chaos Williams does well, you know, like Chaos Williams is a power puncher. He's not terribly fast. He works the body a little bit, uh, but like he he's basically, in my opinion, a worse version of Jack Della Maddalena everywhere. Um, he's a little bit slower. He's a little bit sloppier. He does a little bit worse on defense and he has a little bit less knockout power probably than Jack Della Maddalena and chaos Williams dropped Randy Brown and dropped him pretty damn good in that third round. And depending on how you, you scored that you arguably could have given the fight to chaos Williams. In fact, one judge even did give the fight to chaos Williams. So I think the fact that a guy who fights enough like Jack Della Maddalena could go in there you know, like a worse version of him and take Randy Brown to the limit. I, I think he's just going to be up against striking skills that he's not ready for. So yeah, give me Jack Della Maddalena too. Yay, Jack Della. All right. Call me an event. It is for the interim featherweight championship because the real champ is fighting in the main event. Yari Rodriguez versus a newly bearded Josh Emmett. I forgot to check his beard that you told me about last episode i'm gonna check it right now as we're speaking because i'm sure that will be interesting to people let's see what he looks like dan says he looks crazy not crazy he said he looked like i don't see him where is he where is he get on his instagram's a good spot for that oh okay that's true i I see him all with a nasty nasty wounds on his face um oh yeah he he is getting a nice grizzly beard well there you go 
All right. Is that going to change? <laughs> is that going to change my pick? We shall see. Um, like I said, this is for the interim featherweight championship because the main championship kind of up in the air with with the champ fighting at lightweight and fighting in the main event. All right, I'm going to tell you about the bearded man, the fight fighting Falmer, Josh Emmett. He's 18 and two with six knockouts, two submissions. He's been knocked out once. The only time he's been stopped in 20 fights. Nine and two in the UFC. He's won five straight. He's not lost since February 2018. He's missed weight before. He's got multiple regional championships on his. Mantle. He's fight at lightweight. 2011 professional MMA debut. He almost is one of these guys with the 0.0 strike differential. Instead, he's at minus 0.01. So basically, it's a push for um, his strike differential. Plus 140. El Pantera. We're into Pantera again, Dan. Another fan of Pantera is Yair Rodriguez. I'm sure Pantera is big in, in Mexico, right? I, I would doubt that. Yeah, they are <laughs> metal, especially metal. South Americans love metal. I guess it's not South America, but it, it's closer than, than you and I. So <laughs> South America, so that, that counts. Um, all right, El Pantera, 14-3 with one no contest. He's been knocked, uh, sorry, he's knocked out five people, submitted three people. He, he himself has been knocked out twice. 9-2 with one no contest in the UFC. He's gone win-loss win. 2-0 on the Ultimate Fighter and the champion there. He also was the regional champ. 2011 Pro MMA debut. Five inches taller than Emmett, but only one inch of reach on him. Seven years younger. Striking stats are better than Emmett's. He's outstruck his UFC opponents by 0.55 strikes per minute. Minus 265. Uh, sorry, not 265. 165. Um, luckily, it is... Uh, is it me or you? It is... That's hmm. me, I believe. Okay, yes. Um, yeah. I'm going Josh Emmett here. Uh, I, I, I think Josh Emmett is... Got a lot of the tools you need to beat Yair Rodriguez. Um, first of all, did you know Josh Josh Emmett after coming down from 155, right? Because he used to fight at 155. He he failed to knock down Calvin Cater in their last fight. Do you know when the last time at featherweight he did not knock down his opponent was? No, I'm sure a long time or you wouldn't be asking me. No, he, he, he has never not knocked down an opponent yeah, there you go. at featherweight. Uh, he's knocked all of them down, um, which means just like I think people sleep on how good his hands are. And, and in addition to that, too, he comes from a college wrestling background. And I know he hasn't leaned on that all the time. But like when he was standing toe to toe with Shane Burgos, it felt like he wasn't getting the best there. He took him down and he won that round. And the thing about Yair Rodriguez is his Faith in his jujitsu makes it such that like he does not defend takedowns well. He in fact he he defends takedowns terribly. If you look back at his fight with with Max Holloway, he gave up three takedowns to Max Holloway. Who's who out there is giving away three takedowns to Max Holloway? He gave down a bunch of takedowns to Jeremy Stevens to the point where the fans in Boston thought Jeremy Stevens had won the fight. So I, I think Emmett should without a problem be able to to take him down if he needs to, but also I don't think he necessarily needs to. I think he can win this fight on the feet. So give me the, uh, the dog money on Josh Emmett here. Oh, interesting. As your children get eaten by dinosaurs upstairs, you are picking yeah. Josh Emmett. Are you? I am. Are they being eaten by dinosaurs? I, I appear, they appear, appear to have dropped something on one of their toes, judging by the sound. of oh, it. Oh, not good. We, we won't make fun of a child being hurt. Then uh, I only make fun of children being eaten by dinosaurs. All right. I, I'm taking, Yair Rodriguez. Um, yeah, I, I, I was I mean, initially I was going to take Emmett, like just when I before diving into the into the uh, fight, but um, yeah, I've switched and I'm going chalk here. 
Emmett spends a lot of time striking the distance. He does get outstruck though. Um, 90% of his time he spends striking the distance, and yet he's been he's been outstruck there. However, he, the the, diff, the um, caveat there is he's got the power, so um, he, he can kind of wait and pick his spot. Um, I, I think Rodriguez can hopefully avoid the power. Um, bigger, younger fighter, better distance striker. I think he's more willing to grapple too. So um, give me Rodriguez, but this is a a tight one. Yeah, the, here's the reason why I can't get behind yeah your Rodriguez too like. He he's not gonna knock Josh Emmett out, right? Like he's yep. got one knockout in the last six years. Six is that right? Six he's got one knockout in six years, and it was only by goading Chan Sung Jung into doing something stupid. Uh, and apart from that, you could go another. You can go another year. You can go seven years, and his only knockouts are Chan Sung Jung and BJ Penn. Uh, you know, like that, that's not anything I want to write home about. I, I think if I'm, I'm not mistaken, he, he was the last guy to lose to Frankie Edgar. Oh no. Pedro Munoz technically did too, but that was a split decision. But like, yeah, like I, I just don't have a lot of faith that this guy is going to knock somebody out and, and he's not like a guy who wins very many decisions either. Yeah. I, I'm surprised I picked him actually. I, I'm I'm sticking by it though. I, I think it, um I think it's the right pick. What, but yeah. what was the number on Emmett again? Uh, one oh Emmett yeah. Um it was minus one sixty five for Rodriguez plus one forty for the Fighting Falmer. Maybe that's what turned me off. His nickname. I don't think that's his nickname. I don't think anybody's ever called him that. <laughs> well, if is that is that a sure dog? Is that a sure dog nickname? No, no. I think that's <laughs> um that is the uh, Wikipedia. Wikipedia is never uh, wrong, right? People never I, screw that, around on them. That's got it. That's got to be made up. Although on Fight <laughs> Metric, they have CC Zero as his nickname. Boy, that's even better, isn't it? Yeah, that's weird. <laughs> All right, let's go to the main event, shall we? The super fight for the lightweight championship of the world, UFC version, Islam Makashev versus Alexander Volkanovsky. I will tell you about the featherweight champion first, Volkanovsky. Alexander the Great Volkanovsky. He needs a nickname better than that. Uh, however, I guess it's fitting. He is great. He's 25 and one, 12 knockouts, three submissions. He's been knocked out once 12 and all in the UFC. He is a featherweight champion. He's defended it successfully four times. He's won 22 straight fights. He's not lost since May of 2013. He's fight at lightweight. He's fight at welterweight. Everyone worried about he's going to be so tiny. Uh, multiple regional championships on his mantle. Yay. And lots of UFC belts as well. 2012 pro MMA debut. One knows a pro boxer. Into reach on Makashev, almost three times more active landing strikes. Uh, he outstrikes his UFC opponents by 3.26 strikes per minute. He's at plus 310. Makashev, 23 and 1, four knockouts, 11 submissions. He's been knocked out once. 12 and 1 in the UFC. He's won 11 straight fights. He's not lost since October of 2015. He's won five straight fights via finish. He is the champion. This is his first defense. 2010 Pro MMA debut. He's a Sambo champion, a grappling champion. Four inches taller than Volkanovski, three years younger. Better striking stats than Volkanovski. He outstrikes his and grappling stats, excuse me. Um, he outstrikes his UFC opponents by 1.42 strikes per minute, minus 405. It's me, right? It is you, yeah. I am going for the big dog in this one. You and I kind of talked about this a few months ago, I, I think, on air. Plus 310, give me Volkanovski. He's the best, I think he's the best pound for pound, four pound guy in the world currently. I'm not too concerned. I guess the size is what everyone's falling back on because Makashev's like not a tiny lightweight, but he's a massive Volkanovski's a massive, massive guy. Um, may not be tall, but 
I tr- used to track height stats and height uh, had no uh, differential on winning uh, a fight. Um, Volkanovski has been. And he's got he's got great reach, too. So yeah, like the height thing is kind of neither yep. here nor there. He's got an inch reach on him and he's I'm sure he's put on plenty of weight. He used to be well over 200 pounds, as everyone knows, when he fought <laughs> when he fought when he was in rugby league. He used to fight at welterweight for crying out loud. So he used to fight uh, a he- light heavyweight, if I'm yeah. not mistaken. Like, I don't. Do you think um, Islam's going to weigh more than him on fight night? I mean, maybe a little bit, but but here's the thing. Yeah, here's the thing I will say, too, is it's like it's not like he's never fought somebody taller than him or it's not like he's never fought anybody bigger than him. And like fight people bigger than him. Yeah. And like maybe the thing he does best is like maintain distance. And and as we kind of saw in that that um, that chance of Jung fight, like his counter wrestling is really smart. Um, You know, he he does a lot of like. Even when he winds up in bottom half guard, he uses like that escape to single leg uh, that allows him to like re-wrestle the position. And and for that reason alone, like I I think he he has the wrestling skills that will at least force Makashev to work. Because the the thing about Islam Makashev is like, yes, he's won some fights really quickly. But like, I, I want to know what it looks like when he gets tired. Uh, I, I want to know what it looks like if he has to box at range. I want to know what it looks like when he fails on a few of these takedowns. And I think that's going to happen here. Um, I, I will just openly say that, like, if, if this was a pick gun to my head, I had to pick the winner. I probably would take Islam Makashev. I think if this was if they listed this at even money on both sides or, you know, negative 115 on both sides, I'm probably taking Makashev here. I just think this line is absolutely ridiculous. I, I think you can't possibly justify Volkanovski being a three to one underdog against anybody under 170 pounds. Um, like I, I think he's in that fight against any 155 or any 145 or any 135 or uh, to a better tune than three to one. So yeah, I, I'm this one is a little bit of a value play, but I also just think Volkanovski has a lot of interesting challenges for Makashev. Yeah. Um, uh, Volkanovski spent 3% of his UFC career being con- uh, controlled uh, in the wrestling grappling realm. So good luck with, uh, with that game plan, uh, Makashev. Um, that, those stats are from Nate Latshaw. Uh, if you want to just Google his name, he's got really good st- statistics on fights. Um, plus, people probably um, don't talk enough about how smart a fighter Volkanovski is. And um, yeah, yeah well, maybe the best fight IQ around. And and I think a lot of people see that fight with, with Charles Oliveira and they're like, oh, Islam Makachev is a beast on the mat. But the thing about Charles Oliveira is he always got yeah. taken down. Like earlier in his career, he, he got taken down quite a bit and worked off of his back. And, you know, he's good at working off of his back. But Volkanovsky doesn't work off of his back. He works off of his back. Uh, and then he is standing again. So I, I think you're going to see... Makashev have to deal with some like very different skills. Yep. So here we go. Big, big dog to end things. We're not totally done though. Don't click off yet. All right. We both have Volkanovski. Uh, Dan has Emmett. I have Rodriguez. We both have Della Madalena. Uh, we both have Parker Porter. Uh, Dan's got Crute. I got Menefield. All right. We are going to give you our locks for the whole card. Our lock pick, a dog pick, a prop pick and then dan's going to give you our hungry man drunk super fan parlay so you want to go with your lock first we always no, see I, the I, I, here. 
I think I did my lock first last week, so I'm going to give okay. you, Let you, me see. you the honor this time. <sighs> see if you copy me on my lock pick. What is my lock pick this week? Um, kind of want to get a number that's kind of good, but I'm not going to go crazy because it's supposed to be a lock after all, is it not? Um, all right. The number that the, the guy that jumps off the page is Jack Della Maddalena. Um, not a great number, but he's my lock. Minus 340. All right. I'm going to go uh, slightly better than you did, but also I'm going to, you know, maybe pick one that, I actually don't like a lot of the ones that are super close and I don't even like a lot of the blowouts, but the one that sticks out to me, that is maybe the best value, Jamie Malarkey, negative 275. Um, I, I think Francisco Prado is like kind of over his head here. Short notice. I, I think the knockouts are the only thing keeping this line from ballooning completely out of the way. And and I think it should be wider than it is. So yeah, give me, uh, give me Jamie Malarkey here. All right, Jamie Malarkey, it is. All right, dog time. Um, slight dog, but probably the one I feel the best about is Parker Porter, minus, uh, minus 105. You mean plus I mean, 105? Sorry, plus 105, yes, plus. Yeah, uh, I, I'm going to take, hmm, you know what? I, I believe in it. I'm going to take, uh, I'm going to take Shannon Ross is my underdog, plus 265. Uh, look, I, I really think his wrestling is going to blow Clayton Rodriguez out of here. So yeah, give, give me Shannon Ross, huge dog here. All right. Uh, for my prop that, uh, give me Lu- Luma look boomy via decision. We talked about it yesterday. What was the number again? It was minus uh, look boomy by decision. Minus one thirty. Minus yeah, okay. 30. Give me that. All right. Hang on. I'm just logging things. So I know what to do later. All right. I'm going to take, um, and speaking of fights we talked about yesterday, I'm going to take Josh Kolobao versus Mag- Melsic Bogdazarian makes it to the judges' scorecards. Uh, I'm not necessarily going to take a winner in that, but I'm going to say it makes it to the judges' scorecards either way. Negative 145 that it, it sees judges. So uh, I, I like that one. All right. Uh, decision minus 145? Yep. Beautiful. All right. So Dan's picks. Malarkey is the lock. Ross is the dog. Kolobao, Melsic to the decision is the prop i got della madalena lock porter dog look boon me via decision as the fancy prop and now dan's going to give you a fancy hungry man jong super fan parlay yeah i actually couldn't find a lot of like big props i liked here if you actually check out my prop article on uh sports gambling podcast.com a lot of my picks this week are like close to even money which doesn't do well for the uh hungry man jong but I'm going to start by going to that pick that I already gave you. The Kolobau Bogdazarian goes to decision. And I'm just going to take the side, too. I'm going to take Kolobau wins by decision to kick off this prom. That's plus 210. Um, so, again, makes his line a little juicier. And, you know, I'm already in on that fight going to the distance. So I might as well take the winner with it, too. And then I'm going to throw Jimmy Crute to win by decision or to win by submission in there. I think he's going to take this fight down to the ground. I think it'll look great They're doing it there. Plus 255 that he gets the sum. Um, so if you put plus 255 with plus 210, you come out to exactly 10 to 1, plus 1,000. All right. Plus 1,000. Cool about decision, crude submission. All right. How's that, everyone? We got that into your ear holes. Now you're set for the weekend. Make sure you come visit and chat with us, sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash discord. If you haven't signed up already, make sure you get in there. I see new names popping up all the time, which is nice. So come chat with us. Uh, you can also talk to us on Twitter at SGPNMMA, at Gumby Vreeland, at Jeff Fox Writer. 
Uh, get in my pick'em contest. Subscribe to my Substack. Pick'em contest is free. It's moneymma.substack.com. Gumby's got Top Turtle MMA podcast. Who's on this week again? Uh, I talked to Blake Builder and Don Shanis. There you go. Uh, one person we picked to win, one person we picked to lose. So if you want to check out yesterday's podcast, you'll know which one's which. Um, and read all our stuff, sportsgamblingpodcast.com. I think I hit all of our spots there. Gumby, you want to take us out of here? Sure. I'm David Gumby Freeland. He's the rude boy, Jeff Fox. And we will see you on Sunday. <laughs>